You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And exhale. That was way closer than it needed to be, but your Rockets have now won seven consecutive games. They're 18-7, and seven, still the third seed in the West. Got a 122-118 lead on Monday night at home against the Brooklyn Nets. Certainly should not have been that close, but they got the plays they needed to late. First off, give credit to James Harden and Eric Gordon for doing what great players do. Harden, 36 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, only 4 turnovers. You'll take an 11 assists to 4 turnover ratio for Harden any night. Eric Gordon off the bench, another incredible night from 3, 6 of 10, 24 points. People said in the first half that Gordon was due for a bad game, and it was finally happening. happening. But in the fourth quarter, well, he made the shots when the Rockets needed it, and probably the biggest one in the game, when the Nets had somehow taken a three-point lead with two minutes to go, and it felt like one of those games where anything and everything was going against the Rockets, Gordon nailed the three to tie the game. And at that point, it was like the energy in Toyota Center flipped from expecting something to go wrong to expecting something to go right. And then down the stretch of the game, huge defensive plays by your veterans. And that's what you want to see from a team like the Rockets that has invested not just in youth and potential, but in a lot of veterans to win now. Uh, Trevor Ariza had the biggest play defensively, the block of uh, Joe Harris with 11 seconds left when the Nets were up. I mean, the Nets were down a couple. Um, Beverly, when they inbounded with eight seconds left, and really that shouldn't even have had the ball then, Really, it looked like the ball went off Jeremy Lin when he went baseline, but for some reason the NBA did not review the call. Beverly then stole the inbounds pass when they tried to get it to Brooke Lopez. Lopez had crushed the Rockets all night on the low block, and if he had gotten the ball down there, it's safe bet that, well, he very easily could have scored and potentially taken this game to overtime, or at least made the Rockets make a shot in a tie game in the closing seconds. But yeah, Ariza, Beverly each had big defensive plays. And don't forget Nene. Now, I roasted him a little bit down the stretch in the fourth quarter because, to me, if you sit Capella, if you don't play Harrell, you're putting a high burden on Nene defensively. And if he's not going to live up to it, then maybe you want more lift offensively because certainly when Harden went to the pick and roll late, it was clear that he didn't have the alley-oop option that he likes to have when he's got Capella or Harrell rolling to the rim. But when it mattered, Nene shut me up. He shut all of Rockets' Twitter up. He got, he got a big steal. He took a charge by making the right read. And so all three of those guys, Ariza, Beverly, Nene, those are veteran plays, and that's how you keep a streak alive. Because if you're going to win a lot of games in a row, and the Rockets have now won seven in a row, they're not going to come easy. You're going to have games where you're challenged. Just think back to the 22-game streak in 2008, which is, I think, you know, the franchise record here, obviously. You had the game against the Kings where Steve Novak bailed you out with a three in the final couple of seconds. These games happen. You cannot just make it look as easy as the Rockets have against the likes of the Lakers and the Mavs. There are going to be games in which lesser teams give you a push because it's the NBA. It's 82 games. This stuff happens. And the Nets aren't even that bad of a team. They're a better team with Jeremy Lin back, which he was tonight. Lin was plus 17, so you certainly give him some credit. Had 10 points and 7 assists in his 20 minutes. Brooke Lopez was a monster on the low block. 26 points, 9 of 17. Amazingly, had only one rebound in his 32 minutes. But as far as a low post scorer, he is as good as it gets. Now, 
the one issue we haven't discussed for the Rockets just yet, and it's one of the more encouraging, is that the biggest reason it was close was the free throws. The Rockets were 21 of 36, and that includes the two that Eric Gordon made with, what, seven seconds left to basically close out the game. When it mattered, the Rockets hovered at about 55%. Harden missed two out of three free throws. Gordon made only one of two twice. Uh, Nene made one, only one of two in the final couple of minutes. So this was a very atypical performance. Yes, Clint Capella went 0 for 4, and perhaps you can say that Clint Capella is a poor free throw shooter, but Ariza, 1 of 3. Harden, 8 of 12. Uh, Nene and Eric Gordon each missed two. Those are very uncharacteristic nights. So if you're going to struggle, as frustrating as it is to see them miss free throws, guys, the Rockets are not a bad free throw shooting team. That's just bad luck. So if you're going to have a game be frustratingly close, if you're the Rockets, seeing it come down to that because of free throws, I think you'll take it because there's not much to do other than shrug your shoulders because that's going to even out. It's just like the game in Detroit uh, in November when it was a little close down the stretch because Harden missed five free throws. And then he went like 20 for 20 his next two games. So, again, you can't really make one game into bigger than it is from a free throw perspective. It was frustrating. They got a few bad bounces. Whatever. They got the win. You move on. Now, aside from the free throws, the other thing that I did not like tonight, and it was obvious to anyone watching, was the lack of rim protection. In the first half, the Rockets held the Nets to 43 points. That was a very strong D. And then they gave up 42 points in the third quarter alone and another 33 in the fourth. Biggest factor was Brooke Lopez on the low block. He had his way with Clint Capella. Even Nene, Nene was able to hold up a little bit better physically, but certainly Nene is not a great defender at his age. He reaches a little bit too much. We saw that. But besides Lopez on the low block, the Nets also had a lot of success just attacking the rim. Joe Harris had a couple of big drives of all people off the bench. Jeremy Lin, we pointed out him being plus 17. And the best thing about Jeremy, for better or for worse, he is going to attack. He's relentless. Whitehead had a good game. Sean Kilpatrick. Uh, everyone attacked the rim hard, and the Rockets did not have that many answers in the second half. Now, it's kind of curious because they did in the first. They limited them to 43 points, which is a pretty strong showing. And then it all came undone in the second half. Now, what happened there late? Biggest factor... Clint Capella has regressed this month. Played only 19 minutes tonight. Yes, he was 4-4, but really he was outclassed by Lopez on the low block. And we did a lot of talking about Capella in late November when he had that excellent run against the likes of Rudy Gobert, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Valanchunas, Andre Drummond. And in December, he's kind of fallen back. He's averaging about 22 minutes per game now. And it's been offset because the Rockets have had the emergence of Montrez Harrell, and the Rockets have won every game in December. They're now 7-0 in the month, so we haven't really talked about it that much. But there's a reason Clint Capella, after being really a 30-plus minutes per game player in late November, is now a just a 23 minutes per game player in December. And it's not just that Montrezl Harrell is playing a little bit better. Certainly gives you another option, but Clint Capella is struggling. And part of it, it's to be expected with a young player. Clint's basically just in his second year. I know he's third year, but basically he didn't even play until April of his rookie year. He's raw. He's a project. And just as he was starting to get going, teams are now going to see his film and make adjustments to him. 
and that's going to keep going. At some point, probably around year four, he's going to be who he is. But for right now, there's going to be hot streaks and cold streaks as teams adjust to him, and he's got to adjust back. For right now, he's struggling on especially the defensive end of the court. You go back to that OKC game when he only played 17 minutes, and it seemed like they just did not trust him down the stretch of that game. Steven Adams, a guy who plays... Um, I won't say very similar to Brooke Lopez, because obviously Adams is a much more defensive-oriented player, but he's a similar presence when it comes to his strength around the bucket. And these last two games, it's made, or, or two of the last three, I don't want to forget the Dallas game in which Capella did play a little bit better, had a double-double with uh, 13 and 10. But Clint Capella, he's struggled this month, definitely, and I think the big physical centers have been a part of it. So he's got to make his adjustments. I don't think it's anything that he can't do, but the one thing that is tricky in this, it's pretty clear that Mike D'Antoni is trying to play three centers because Montrezl Hill has forced his hand. Now, Montrezl only played four minutes tonight, I believe, but it's tough to play three centers in the NBA, and maybe that makes it a little bit tougher for someone like Clint Capella or Nene to get into rhythm if they only play for a few minutes at a time before they get the hook. Now, I'm not making an excuse for them because they need to you know, be good enough to make plays the second they get on the floor. That's what you're paid to do. But as we're talking about what's happened this month, it is safe to say that the center position has been, I don't want to say a negative, but there have been some question marks. And it was tonight against Brooklyn as well. And you're going to be facing an even bigger challenge, a much bigger challenge in the form of DeMarcus Cousins on Wednesday night at Toyota Center. So we're going to see how the Rockets make that adjustment. They did take care of the Kings easily in Sacramento, but that was a game in which, well, they made seemingly every three under the sun. If they're not as hot from three, what will they do against DeMarcus? We'll find out. I was encouraged by how Clint defended him in that first meeting, but that was when Clint was playing well. Now he's got to make an adjustment, and the good thing, the Rockets have an excellent assistant coach and Jeff Bezdelic that basically runs the defense. You know he's going to be looking at the film and talking with all of these guys about what they did wrong. But again, they've got to figure it out pretty soon because DeMarcus Cousins is no joke and he's coming to town on Wednesday. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. For those of you just joining us, again, I'm Ben DuBose. This is Locked on Rockets. Appreciate y'all for listening. Rockets 122-118 winners. Monday night at Toyota Center, now 18-7 on the year. We've touched on the exploits of Harden and Eric Gordon. We've talked about the big defensive plays down the stretch of the game with Ariza, Beverly, and Nene. And we've talked about some of the issues at the center position with Clint Capella not giving them the true starters minutes that we saw at the end of November. We haven't really talked about that much because the Rockets have been winning, but sometimes when you win, it can mask some underlying issues. And I think this is a game where it came to the forefront a little bit, and it is on Capella to make some adjustments. Now, one name we have not, I don't think I've even mentioned yet, and it's interesting because he had a good night, was Ryan Anderson. And Ryan Anderson, I've talked about before, he's been struggling shooting at Toyota Center. I don't think Toyota Center has bad depth perception. I think it's just a fluke. It just so happens that he shot better on the road than at home to start this year. But it was good to see him get going. Tonight, he was 6 of 11 from the field, 
and three of seven from three, 19 points, six rebounds in his 39 minutes. Or 31 minutes, I should say, excuse me, read that wrong, 19 and 31. And the point I was trying to get to was that he did not play down the stretch of that game. You saw the Rockets when they felt like they needed to get stops, that lineup down the stretch, Beverly, Gordon, Harden, Ariza, and Nene. Now, you could also put Capella in there if the matchup was more favorable, but that's something that people said in the offseason to watch. I had a couple of analysts on this show who said, watch out for Ryan Anderson not playing down the stretch of games in certain matchups. And this was the adjustment for tonight. Even on a night when Anderson shot well, they were so concerned, the Rockets, about the penetration allowed to the Nets and how they were attacking the rim that they went with more flexibility on the perimeter, essentially saying, we're going to downsize and play small and put both Beverly and Gordon in the game with Ariza as our small ball four for basically the upside of being able to play in space a little bit more and stop penetrators. And that is going to happen sometimes. I'll also point out, we don't know what in the hell is going on between the Rockets and Donatus Yunus. All we've heard today is that, well, Maury is in contact with Yunus's representatives and the league. We're waiting to hear more. It appears like there was some sort of hang-up with the physical, but really, everything is quiet at Toyota Center, and I think because they're working with the league, it's not like we're expecting any sort of immediate resolution because, well, the reason there's an immediate resolution would be if... Uh, Monty Units is pressing a league, and with everyone involved and everyone in dialogue, uh, it's going to go on their own timetable. Don't think it'll go on for that long, because obviously Monty Units wants to play basketball, but that's why we're at this stalemate. And to get back to the point with Ryan Anderson, this is a game where even with Ryan shooting well, the Rockets did not really trust him enough defensively to play him down the stretch of the game. That's where you could use Donatus Yunus as an option of a big that you can trust to be a two-way player. I normally hate that two-way player, but it's pretty clear that in some circumstances, it can become an issue. And I would say for Ryan, it speaks especially to that point tonight when in a game that he shot that well, that he still did not finish the game because of... Um, what I presume to be concerns defensively. Again, the Rockets gave up 75 points to the Brooklyn Nets in the second half. But at the end of the day, the Rockets got the win. We hope they're going to go to the film room and figure out the rim protection issues. I am not too discouraged about that because, again, we're only a couple of uh, weeks removed from when Clint Capella was emerging into a real force down there. So it's clear that there's something to work with. And beyond that, beyond the rim protection issues, other reason this game was close, Rockets just missed countless free throws, missed 15 free throws, and only four of them were Capella. So if the team outside of Capella misses 11 free throws, that's just leaving way too many points out on the line. It's just an unlucky night. It happens. Thankfully, the Rockets buckle down. Harden and Gordon made a couple of big shots. And Ariza, Beverly, and Nene all had key plays on the defensive end to help the Rockets close out this game, get them to 18-7, and and extend the win streak to seven games. On that positive note, I will wrap up this episode of Lockdown Rockets. Again, thanks to all of you guys for listening. I'm Ben DuBose with Sports Talk 790. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben DuBose. This is Locked on Rockets. You can follow us at Locked on Rockets. You can also email us at LockedOnRockets at gmail.com if you've got questions for me or if you'd like to inquire about becoming a sponsor of this rapidly growing program. Thanks to all you guys for listening, and I'll be chatting with you again in the next couple of days as the Rockets get ready for DeMarcus Cousins and the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday evening at Toyota Center, third game of a four-game homestand. Talk to you all then. Have a good night.